Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. It always works out like this, where you get a chance to get into work early. I was here two hours before the show today, took my time getting stuff set up. It was so nice. I got to sleep in a little bit today because my other responsibilities here at the station uh, were were pushed aside, so I got to come in at 8 o'clock instead of getting out of my other responsibilities at 9, and then hopping over here and kind of, not scrambling, but but definitely like on a little bit of a, on a little bit of a time crunch. Um, so naturally a couple of the things I wanted to do this morning got punted and I was trying to get them done real quick before the show started and I didn't. So it's fine. It always <laughs> works like that. Every single time I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it. Got in early. I'm going to get a bunch of stuff done. No chance. I'd fool myself every time. Yeah. I get here early. I kind of meander. I drink a couple of cu- uh, cups of coffee. Um, I get settled in. I turn everything on. And then I just get ready for my day. I'm sort of more of a relaxed, zen out guy. Yeah. And, it, you know, I kind of get in my own head. Sure. Studying some stuff. And, yeah. All right. Well, hey, welcome in, everybody. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> Final show of the week. James and I are going to be off Thursday and Friday. We'll pick it back up Monday with you. But we're getting you ready for the long Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully, nobody's working too hard over Thanksgiving, whether you're traveling and listening right now, whether you're hanging out at home, maybe you're working as well. Maybe you're running around getting stuff ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, We appreciate everybody hanging out with us here on this Wednesday. The Kings face the Pelicans tonight, the second time in three days. Those two teams have faced off. We're going to dive into that. We'll dive into the Thanksgiving football slate, including a huge game. Huge. Huge. Enormous. Massive game. Huge. Between the 49ers and the Seahawks. I'm trying to be better about labeling games a huge game. Because no, you can get in. You can get in the habit of it, and and you know this. You've covered a, an NBA team forever, and I think it's a little different in the NBA because there's 82 games. So game 20 is very rarely going to get labeled like a huge game, but in the NFL because the games are so scarce, and yeah. because now with just the the one seed getting the the top seed in each conference getting the buy in the in the postseason, and that buy being so important, like every game feels massive. So I'm trying to really scale back my use of the word. Like, oh, big game this weekend. Because, I mean, really, you need all of them. Yeah. But this one in particular, 49ers at Seahawks, this is what classifies as a huge game. For me, this is over-the-top, gigantic game. This is that game where you have an opportunity to put a stamp on your season and say, look, that little hiccup that we had, that three-game hiccup, it's over and it's done with and we're ready to be be back on, on the plus side. This would be their third straight win. This is one of those things where you start to look at last season and their nine straight wins to finish off the year. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, who is this team? Is this who they can be? Mm-hmm. And if they, they do take a step back, like what kind of step back is it? Is it one of those games where they don't show up? Is it one of those games where uh, like they just get beat by a bad play or they can't come up with a big play? Yeah. Or is it a game where Brock Purdy doesn't have the ability to lead to a, a late yeah. game score. So there are different ways that this can be big. But when you look at this three game stretch, like I don't want to say that the Niners aren't going to make the playoffs if they, you know, but if they went 0 and 3 here, it would be pat- catastrophic. Oh, dude, that would, that's <laughs> even 1 and 2. You split with Seattle and you lose to Philly. You're not getting the one seed, but you're at least like, okay, division's still in play. Everything, everything for the most part it. is fine. You're still in it. Yeah. You probably don't love that you're losing to a, a decent Seattle team and then a really good Philly team because that just kind of knocks you down a rung in the in the 
contender tier uh-huh. to me. But yeah, if you're going 0 and 3, I'm not saying punt the season, but that gives you not only not only puts you in the back seat in the playoff hunt, but also makes you wonder like okay, if you can't beat Seattle and Philly, who are you going to beat that matters? That's true. Like that's the that's that's the more catastrophic thing to me. And I would say this too. If the Niners somehow go 3 and 0, they're by far the best team in football. Like if they somehow go into Seattle win, go into Philly win, come home oh, yeah. and, and beat Philly. Yeah. They're the best team in football and I don't think we're back to team of destiny. <laughs> and in that stretch, in that in that stretch of games and I mean, we'll we'll talk about it plenty, but I don't care how they win. Like I don't need style points in that anymore. If they go 3 and 0 and win every single one of those by one game, like yeah, that's the best team in football. Yeah. Right now I have them what, 4? I got them 4. I think if you I, knock off Seattle twice and Philly, that's super impressive. I think I have them back up at 2. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That I, I can I can see that. I just go by I mean like I said, I I've I've seen the Niners look worse across 3 games in a row than the teams ahead of them. So that's just kind of but to me, outside of the Eagles at one because they're nine and one, and they went to the Super Bowl last year, they're at the top. If you want to mix and match the other four, I'm not going to like argue super hard. Yeah, so that's that's just kind of where I land. So we'll have uh, plenty more on this Niners Seahawks game. Really interesting with the way the the practice report shook out yesterday or over the last couple of days, I should say. Who's practicing? Who's not? I think both teams are going to be a little bit banged up. What and. <laughs> I, I refuse to make this like a, I've been on shows before where people are like, hey, what we're going to do on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is we're going to bracket the Thanksgiving sides. No. Or who are your top sports turkeys of the year? Roger Goodell. Like it's always that same. So I refuse to do that. No, it's, but, it's Rob Manford and uh, John, John Fisher. Oh, for sure. But they go beyond turkey. I don't want to insult turkey like that. Um, so here's the two Thanksgiving things I want to do. I want to ask you what your Thanksgiving Day routine is because okay. I'm always so interested in this because I have friends who are like, I don't do anything. That is the job of the chef in the family. I sit on the couch all day. Then there are other people who are very involved, people who run errands, I, I, whatever you want to do. Mine's uh, chaotic, the, Kyle. The other thing, I can't wait to hear about it. Uh, the other thing I want to do is, it's, <laughs> I think at 1030, I have written out a list comparing Kings players to different Thanksgiving dishes. Okay. And I'm really excited for that. That's coming up at 10.30, and then at 11.30, we will have K.J. Wright, former Seahawks and Raiders linebacker. Uh, he is going to hop on with us and talk about this Niners-Seahawks matchup. I'm also going to ask him a couple questions about that Niners-Seahawks rivalry that he was a part of, because it really feels like that was that was peak NFL, that Niners-Seahawks rivalry between 2011 and 2013. Yeah, I wanted, that. that's a good question. And then also, you know, especially on after Tom Brady's comments yesterday about mm. the NFL just not being the same and not being as high level. Yeah. He had some decent points in there. Like I, I listened to it and like some of the players that played in, in, you know, other generations couldn't even play sure. in this generation. Yeah. Like who they were has been stripped out of the game and you know, like how, you know, you were taught how to take a hit, you were taught how to fall. And now he thinks that a lot of that's taken out of the game. And so yeah, guys getting hurt because they just aren't doing the basics that they used mm. to about how to play football and how to how to not get crushed every single time you're out there. That's why it's always funny. Dante Whitner is on the coverage for NBC Sports Bay Area. He's he's on the Niners pre and post. Where's an ascot like nobody else? Dude, my man can dress, right? Yeah. But Dante Whitner was with the 49ers like a decade ago. Oh, and he could not play now. He killed people. He would be like, a li- he would be a linebacker now. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and even still and he his would style get of play wouldn't go all the time. He got flagged quite a bit in in the early 2010s. Yeah, yeah. And it's only gotten it's only got I hate saying soft because I, it, it, the NFL is not soft, but it's gotten softer. Yeah, it, toward it's <laughs> every it's trended week. more toward the soft end of the spectrum. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> every week I'm there's someone who hits that. somebody, and the problem that you have is that you're if you've been a football fan forever and you've watched forever. Like, and you see a hit, you're like, oh, that's a flag. We're already conditioned with, like, what's what's legit and what's not. And there is no more jarring the ball loose. And and I do mm-hmm. think that, like, there's a, a reason why wide receiver numbers are skyrocketing and 
why I draft all of them in fantasy football. It's because you can't touch them and you can't hit them. And, you know, Tom Brady made the point, like there used to be this, there were spots on the field I can't throw to against this team because I'm going to get my player injured and I'm going to lose him for the game because he's going to get popped by, you know, player X. You know what's fascinating about that is this year, yards per reception is the lowest it has been in NFL history. You know why? Because they're not going deep. They they do all these under routes the because because yep. you can't yeah. you can't hit somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Like I I didn't I wasn't offended by what Tom Brady said at all. I hope a lot of players aren't. But I I would love to ask uh, KJ Wright about this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'd be that'd be a great question because he played in that era. Yeah, in that in, he was kind of at the tail end of the of that he was in that Dante Whitner era. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. you know. It was definitely a little softer, but you definitely still saw some big hits. It didn't. Whitner's hit on Pierre Thomas in the playoffs, where Pierre Thomas fumbled for the Saints yep. right down there near the goal line. That's a 15-yard penalty today. Oh yeah, like easy, easy work. So yeah, would love love to ask KJ Wright about that. That's coming up at 11:30. Um, let's get into the Kings injury list real quick because oof, it's not great. No, uh, we do have a little bit of updates though. Um, okay, great. Uh, our friend. Uh, Chris Biederman is there. Uh, former friend. Uh, <laughs> he shall not be named. Go on. Okay, he went to the dark side. Uh, that's why he's a former friend. Uh, but uh, he's there in New Orleans, and he said that no Keegan Murray at shoot-around this morning, uh, but Sasha Vizenkov and Trey Lyles were both full go. Um, we've got Sasha Vizenkov on the injury list as questionable with a thumb issue. We've got Chris Duarte on the injury list with a... Uh-oh finger issue hand issue uh we've got uh trey lyles who has not played a game this season uh mm. who does look like he will play after uh injuring his calf right before the start of the season yeah so that's a good thing for the kings and then of course we have keegan murray who's questionable with a lower back issue um this is a problem for the kings now normally i would say like look if a guy doesn't go to shoot around he's not going to play I'm not going to make that distinction today with uh, Keegan Murray. A low back is something that if you show up early for a shoot around and you, he's getting treatment, he's going to get treatment all day mm-hmm. and you don't want it to be something that, you know, he's, he's sort of questionable and maybe he'll play. Maybe yeah. like there's going to come a point in the day where you get him warmed up, you give him treatment, you're going to look at it and you're going to make the call and you don't need to shoot around because he's going to go out if he does play and defend Brandon Ingram, which is the toughest guy you got to play against. Yeah, I. Well, it, would he, it was so it, he's listed as questionable. Would you call that truly questionable, or would you lean more doubtful? Well, at this point, I mean, if he didn't go to shoot around, I'm going to say he's more doubtful than he is questionable, but not full doubtful. No, somewhere but not between full doubtful. doubtful and questionable. Yeah, I mean, a back okay. injury with a young guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're talking about they're gonna they're gonna give him treatment all day, and there could mm-hmm. come a point where he goes, "Hey, look, I feel really good. Let's mm-hmm. do this." Uh, there's also a possibility they're like, look, we're just going to sit you for a couple of days and make sure that you're good to go, especially with uh, a couple of in-season tournament games coming up on Friday and, what, like Tuesday. All right, speaking of injury reports, a couple of really interesting names popped up on the injury report for the 49ers and the Seahawks for Mm. tomorrow's game. We will talk about that. I shouldn't say the injury report. The practice participation reports, the injury report, the status report for Thursday's game will come out a little bit later today, and we'll get we'll get some answers on on some of these players. We'll talk about that. We'll also dive into this Kings Pelicans matchup as the Kings face the Pelicans for the second time in three nights tonight. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube, right here on ESPN 1320, Sacramento's Sports Leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, dude. That Pacers-Hawks game last night was nutty. Wild, man. The Hawks became... I looked this up last night. Okay, so first fun fact about... If you did, if you missed it, the Pacers beat the Hawks in Atlanta 157-152 in regulation. That was just regular time, no overtime, nothing. Mm. So it was the sixth game in NBA history where a team scored 152 or more in regulation, in regulation, a key here, and lost. 
it's happened a bunch of times in OT and double OT. You got you, James, and, and some people in the chatty house mentioned the, the Kings and Clippers last year. The Clippers scoring a buck seventy-five in double OT and losing, but in regulation, okay. So the the Pacers became the sixth team ever to allow 152 points in regulation and win. The Nuggets have scored 152 points in regulation three times and lost. Okay. They were also on the winning end of one of those. The Nuggets have been involved in four of the six. Well, that's because the late 80s, early 90s Nuggets didn't play defense. They, all they did was run up and down the court. It's like Alex <laughs> English and... Two of them were 1984, and I think two of them were 1990. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> like Fat Lever, uh, Michael Adams, uh, yeah, again, Alex English. That's yeah. that's all they did. They just, like, we don't care about defense. Yeah, just, just, no, no, no Fs to give. No, they just incredible. run and gun. It was a lot of fun to watch. We're, strangely, of the five games previously that happened before last night, only one Eastern Conference team had ever been involved. Oh. And it was Washington against Houston in 2019. So this was the first time that two Eastern Conference teams had scored 152 plus in the same game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't know why it is, but East Coast Eastern Conference basketball has always been more slowed down, weird. more plotting. Isn't it weird how like... Really strange. It's it's like you have to stay up late to watch the fun basketball. The Pacers had an offensive rating of 144.8 last night. That's wow. sick. Tyrese Halliburton, 11 of 18 from the field, 9 of 15 from three. He had 16 assists and 37 points. Yeah, he's <sighs> he's good, man. I, like, I, Buddy healed 24 points, 6 of 6 from three. Hit a huge three over Bogdan. Yeah. Incredible. I, that's why, I mean, you got to love it because it was like high-level fun basketball. That was, okay, so that's the thing is it wasn't a layup line. No. It wasn't, it was just guys hitting tough shots. Like there were so many tough shots in that game. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Trey Young. Trey Young had 38 points, eight assists, one rebound. <laughs> mm. Get in there, Trey. Mm. Bogdan, 26 off the bench, 10 of 15 from the field. Yeah. He's been good. I'm I have him on my fantasy basketball team. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, it's fun to have, you know, some of the former players so you can just kind of track what they're doing. You don't have to look it up every day. Yeah. Yeah, Cleveland-Philly was a good game as well. That one went to overtime. Cleveland pulled out a win in, in Philadelphia. That's pretty impressive for them. But that Pacers-Hawks game was game of the night last night. Shout yeah. out to League Pass. Again, I I think everyone should be watching the uh, these end-season tournament games because for some reason, dude, there's a, a couple of them that are just crazy good. And, of course, the the Pacers stamped their, their ticket to the quarterfinals, I guess, last night with that win. I'm rooting hard for the team. Pacers. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't love to watch a Pacers-Kings uh, in-season tournament finals? I need it. I need it yeah. so bad. One, so the NBA can sit on the Pacers-Kings. Uh, what's the, the 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 lack of national hullabaloo that they're missing if it's like Lakers-Celtics? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and I want to see how the how the how ESPN and the league would cover a Kings Pacers in season tournament final. Okay, I need to see it. I, I do too. I think they'd I, be really uncomfortable. It would it. just be the whole time. It would be like Sabonis versus Halliburton, or yeah. they would do like the the guy they left behind. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it would be the whole time. You'd just be playing up this narrative, and you know what? Like, look at this point. I'm going to do this, Kyle, right here today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to declare the Sacramento Kings the winner of the trade. I'm also going to declare the Indiana wow. Pacers wow. the winner of the trade. I'm going to I'm going to de- de- declare that both teams won the trade. That's it. Both teams won it. I that's not like I was listening to to the Ringer NBA show today. Uh, it's called Group Chat. It's it's Justin Verrier, Rob Mahoney, and and uh, was. Big Was, Was mm-hmm. New And they're talking about, they, they each brought a, a player to the table. It was their their potluck. They bring a player, a take, and a team, or something like that. And I believe it was Rob brought De'Aaron Fox. And they basically had this discussion about, like, he is one of the top guards in the league. He's playing at an MVP level. Like, da-da-da. Like, this was, this was the whole thing. And that inevitably led to the, the De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton discussion. And 
like the crux of it is they were never going to work together. Nope. And so the Kings sent Halliburton to a place where he could thrive on a team. He could thrive. And they got back the perfect compliment for De'Aaron Fox. And then they talked a lot about the Sabonis Fox two man game and how, how important it's been for both players and really kind of maximizing what they're going to be in this and that good players individually now, like, MVP candidates because of of how they exist together. And it was a really good discussion. And it just lends to what you said. There doesn't have to be a loser in a trade. Yeah, this is a one where I don't know that I've ever seen something like this before, where there are two, like both teams won. I mean, the Kings went out and snapped a 16-year playoff drought. They snapped it. Sabonis was a centerpiece. He's an all-NBA player. He could make the Hall of Fame. Same thing with Ty uh, Halliburton. He mm-hmm. can make the Hall of Fame. Yes, and he like he's going to be the most charming dude in the league for a long time. Like that guy can flat out talk. So, like, look as in my point of view, um, you also have to remember that the Kings were able to move off a of Buddy Hill's contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does actually matter. And did you spend that money on on Sabonis? Yes, you did, but that's okay. Like, yep. I, you know, you were able to land Sabonis on a five-year extension, well, four-year extension onto this year's contract. He's going to be a king into his 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, look, you, you won, the Kings won this deal too. They're one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And they're one of the best teams in the Western Conference because not only is Sabonis excellent, but he made De'Aaron Fox out much better. The, the Kings with Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox would be... Okay, they wouldn't be awful. They wouldn't be winning 20 games, but they'd probably be like a fringe play-in team. Yeah, like 38, 40 games. Yeah. And, and then the someone Pacers, would have to get traded. That's and, the way those things work. And the Pacers would be significantly worse. Like, the Pacers would be worse. Oh, yeah. And so when both teams get better from a trade, winner, both teams win. Winner. It's just not hard. It, it, no, there I agree. You don't need to hot take it, man. You don't. No, I, okay. I yeah. 49ers, <laughs> 49ers Seahawks injury report. That's what we were supposed to talk about here. Oh, uh, So so uh, the teams didn't practice on Monday, so they have to put out a projected participation report. So DK Metcalf was not on that projected participation report, which means mm-hmm. he was a full go, not on the injury report. Okay. Yesterday, he shows up as a non-participant in Seattle's practice with a toe injury. So this might be a matter of he tweaked something and they just gave him the day off on the short week. Or this could be a real issue for them because if DK Metcalf doesn't play and you have Geno Smith, who's limited on the projected report and yesterday with a right elbow and tricep injury, he got hit while throwing against the, against the Rams. If you have a banged up Geno Smith and no DK Metcalf, Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of the teeth out of Seattle's offense. Oh, and Kenneth Walker, their starting running back hasn't, hasn't practiced at all with an oblique injury. I don't think Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker's going to play. No, I mean, like like I watched him get hurt in that game. And it was weird. You saw him. He was going through. He was getting ready to like try to cut through a small hole in Mm -hmm. in the line. And you saw him grab his, his, uh, I think his left hip area. You could see him like, oh. And and then he went, he hit the hole and kind of spun and rolled over as he hit people. And then was like, oh, no, I, I I need to go. Yeah. So you could see that he hmm. he did damage to the oblique right there in the play. Really weird. Yeah. I, and the, of course, and the I fact he hasn't this. practiced is yeah. Not and a he's good sign. he's on my fantasy team too. So Oof. so I watch Kenneth. Yeah. <laughs> very we, closely. We yell for Kenneth all the yeah, time. Very closely. So it looks like he is not going to play. Uh, DK Metcalf, TBD, Geno Smith, probably going to gut it out. He came back at the end of of the of that game the other day and had Seattle in position to to hit a game winning field goal uh, that was pushed wide right, but. It looks like he, he'll probably play. So um, if it's no DK Metcalf, though, and no Kenneth Walker, like I said, that Seahawks offense has has a lot less teeth. Uh, for the 49ers, left guard Aaron Banks was back in practice yesterday. He was limited. Shanahan said he has a chance to go. It sounds like Spencer Burford, the right guard, is not going to play. If neither of them plays and they have, I, I genuinely, I, I, I have no idea who would start at the other guard spot. I, that's not Seattle. Good. That's really bad. Seattle's defensive line could really eat. I mean, if you don't know who's starting, that's a big deal, Kyle. I don't think. I genuinely think if you said, "Hey, Kyle Shanahan, truth serum, who's starting at right guard?" He wouldn't know. Who does he have? <laughs> uh, three guys on the practice squad. One guy named Jesse Davis, a veteran journeyman, uh, and two undrafted rookies. One guy named Corey Luciano, who started one year at center for the University of Washington. 
and is now playing guard in the NFL. And then Il Manning, who started for four or five years at, at Hawaii at left tackle and is now learning how to play guard in the NFL, both seems, undrafted rookies. It seems like they should have gone out and made that trade with the Vikings Boy. to go get that, that left guard. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Tough. All right. So that's what's going on with the Niners. We'll talk about Talno Hufanga's injury in a bit. They they replaced him on the roster with an offensive lineman from the Jags practice squad, but Shanahan didn't sound super confident that he was going to be up to speed by by Thursday to play. Um, Trey Lyles is coming back for the Kings, though, in other injury news, some good injury news. We'll talk about what that means for the Kings, and I want to compare the Kings to Thanksgiving dishes. And I put this together this morning, and I'm really excited to share it with you all. And I hope I'm excited. you're excited to hear it. I'm okay. excited for well, you to share as, with us. As long as as long as you're excited. That's all that We're matters. the insiders responsible by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. You got me rolling on candles at the break, bro. Wild. Candles. You get- thought I was joking when I was like, I got you on your, your podcast candle. All right, I'm in. All right. I'm gonna get you several. I'm gonna be like, here's. I'm gonna label this. I'm gonna label the top and be like, here's a summer scent. Is <laughs> a spring scent? Is uh, a fall scent that'll do in a pinch in the winter because there are fall scents that don't play in the winter. Oh, okay. I gotta oof. like the pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice, not a winter scent. Fall scent. There we go. <laughs> this is this now is serious. Like, Kyle. Now like fallen leaves or there's like like sweater weather like flannel. That'll play in the winter as well as the fall for me. Flannel, the candle? Mm-hmm. It smells like flannel. I mean, it smells like essence of flannel. <laughs> when you, when, if you actually, if you hold a flannel candle to your ear, you can hear <laughs> grunge music. It's really cool. All right. You're going to make me cough, Kyle. Trey Lyles. <laughs> Speaking of candles, Trey Lyles. No. Um, all right. Trey Lyles. Focus in. Said to return tonight for the Kings. This is a sneaky big deal, I think. I think it's a really sneaky big deal. So you think maybe not even a sneak. You just think it's a big deal, not even sneaky. I I think people around the league don't understand what Trey Lyles means to a team like the Kings. Sure. What what this does is it just gives Mike Brown so many different options. Right? You add in a guy like Trey Lyles and you can play small ball five. So you can you can cut your lineup to super small and super fast, like we were talking about. It. Look at the Minnesota matchup on Friday. Mm-hmm. What if you go Trey Lyles and Sasha Vizenkov or Trey Lyles and Keegan Murray, and drag Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns away from the basket, and just think what that opens up for guys like De'Aaron Fox and uh, Malik Monk. Like it just changes everything, and so. Yeah, I'm all in on the uh, the Trey Lyles return. This is a big deal. Trey Lyles was excellent for the Sacramento Kings last year. He's going to come in hungry and ready to like earn his spot in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And uh, like a week ago, two weeks ago, I would say I don't know where he fits. Like, how is he going to? How are you going to plug mm-hmm. him in? But at this point, like I, we know what Javale McGee is, and against certain centers, I, I think I'm okay with Javale McGee coming in and playing 
some minutes against Rudy Gobert if Gobert is just dunking on you the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But outside of that, like this team with their speed, their quickness, their ability to their versatility on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball, Trey Lyles can shoot the ball. He can take it to the rack. He's a good rebounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good passer. Like mm-hmm. these are all things that Trey Lyles just naturally fits in and can do. He can set a big screen. And I even, you know, I like the matchup against him and uh, Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. Like Zion's big and tough, but uh, Trey Lyles is a is a good mixture of like a solid, sturdy dude who can, you know, take a hit and, and uh, stay with a guy. And I, I'm down. Like it's not like you're if you let uh, Zion go in space and he's just running to the middle, mm-hmm. it's over for whoever it is. Right? Sure. But if you're playing man on defense and you're, you know, keeping a body on a guy, I, I like Trey Lyles in that situation, especially to slow a guy down. And then if someone can cut off that left hand uh, uh, of Zion, you just make him a lot more defendable. I kind of wonder if we see Sabonis with Lyles a lot tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that the adjustment for Zion? Is just putting a couple of more big bodies down low? Yeah, because, I mean... Zion's not going up and dunking on everybody in the lane. He's I mean, he doing, can, but well, that's not what he did the other night. Well, yeah, but he he can in, like, if you let him loose and he's running at the rim. Yeah. Right, either in transition or in a breakdown situation on the on the defensive end where he's on the perimeter and he takes somebody off the dribble and mm-hmm. you just have, like, a, a free run at the rim. But outside of that, like, you don't see him go up. He's a guy who's got all these crafty little flips. Mm-hmm. We talked about it yesterday. You know, there's those guys you play against. And you're like, how in the world? Like, there were three shot blockers waving at the ball. Yeah. And you're like five foot seven, and you somehow contort your body and flip a ball up, and it hangs on the rim for two seconds and falls in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he is. He's one of those guys that just has a knack for for putting the ball in the basket when he's uh, when he's surrounded by people. And that's what makes him so tough because he's so, you know, wide. Like, he's such a big, yeah. strong guy, uh, but broad-shouldered. And, mm-hmm. like, it, he's tough to, like, it's tough to block him. But what you have to do is you have to cut off his lane where he's going. Yeah. And you have to take a charge. And I think Trey Lyles will take a charge. And, mm-hmm. and I think Mike Brown, you're going to see him up off the bench cheering on his guys so loud when they, they finally take a charge against uh, against Zion in this game because I, I think you'll see it probably three or four times where yeah. they really try to stick their nose in there and take a hit. It's just so tough with him because, he, like you said, he is so big. Yeah. Like just a, He's not 6'10 or anything, but I think he's listed at 6'8". I think he's more like 6'6". But, I mean, he's just, like you said, he's so, he just creates a little bit of space with that body contact and gets a shot up. It's it's really he's a really really tough guard, but I think it gets easier if you have a Trey Lyles and a Demonis Sabonis. That's two bodies on him. Yeah, and like I said th- tonight, I want to see the Kings just get the ball out of his hands. No, totally. That's yeah. That's I'm, right I'm with you. Get uh, get the ball out of his hands. Make him into a passer. Make mm-hmm. somebody else beat you. Um, because this team, while they hit shots against the Kings last game, they're not typically a a spectacular three point shooting team without CJ McCollum. So. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's an interesting fit with Trey Lyles tonight because if you have no Keegan Murray, it sounds like Sasha Vizenkov is going to go. But wh- wh- who who loses minutes aside from Javale McGee with Trey Lyles back? I think that that's right away. It's it's Trey. I, I mean it's uh, it's Javale, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, I'm not sure. Like, I think it's going to be a little bit of everybody. Like, I think we're going to see maybe, well, Keegan Murray's out. So, well, he's not out. He's he's questionable. But if he mm-hmm. is out, yeah. well, there's 30-something right there. So sure. we in the first week here, we don't know what it's going to look like. But eventually, once everybody is healthy, I think we'll probably see a little bit less of Harrison Barnes. And we'll mm. see more of Keegan Murray at the three. We'll see more Kevin Herter at the three. Like I think you're just gonna have to you know manipulate your your lineup here a little bit and yeah. and again I think we're gonna see less and less backup point guard minutes yeah. uh, for whoever that is so I, I think we're gonna see Duarte play alongside Malik Monk more I think we're gonna see uh, you know sort of an accumulation of, of guard play especially mm-hmm. if you have this opportunity to go small ball and really push the tempo. This is another one of those we talk a lot about the Mike Brown all in thing. 
And this is a perfect example of where that manifests to me because it sounds like based on what you're describing. And I think what Mike Brown probably want, because in an ideal world, you have your starting five and then you have your rotation of four or five guys off the bench and you just do that every night. But it's pretty rare in the NBA that you can just do that. And it's going to be more of a mix and match and yeah. matchup based and okay, who's hurt tonight, who's available. And I think that's where the all in thing kind of comes in where, okay, hey, you're plugging Trey Lyles, a significant piece back into this rotation. Can you do that without losing Chris Duarte or um, Harrison Barnes or whoever's minutes are going to, JaVale McGee, whoever's going to lose minutes because of this? When they are called upon, are you still going to get the same production out of them? And that's why all those players that I just named, Chris Duarte, like clearly, he had a role, it went away, and then he starts the other night and has his, has his best game of the year. Yeah. And then Harrison Barnes is not a player that I would worry about if his minutes get cut down or his role gets changed in some way. I'm not worried about Harrison Barnes moping. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Harrison Barnes is going to be a team player no matter what. And yeah. even like tonight, if if Keegan Murray is out, as, as we, we suspect that he probably is, um, I, I think don't be surprised, people, if, if Kessler Edwards is your starter. Like, don't be surprised if he huh. if he starts tonight alongside Harrison Barnes at the forward position, and because you're going to need his length and his athleticism mm-hmm. on uh, Brandon Ingram, and mm-hmm. and that means that unfortunately for Harrison Barnes, he draws a short straw, and he's going to have to defend Zion, uh, which you know of course one guy can't defend Zion by himself, mm-hmm. but like I, I think Harrison's played really well defensively this year, yeah, and like the last thing I want to do is you know, put Sasha Vazenkov out there and, and with a bad thumb and say, Hey, here's Zion. Go ahead and deal with him. <laughs> like, good luck with it. Or, or here's Brandon Ingram. Good luck with that. Yeah. So, you know, I guess the other thing you could do is you could start Chris Duarte, um, and shift, uh, Kevin Herter to the three and say, Hey, like, good luck with Brandon Ingram. This is what we're going to start with and see if Kevin can, can slow down Brandon Ingram a little bit. Um, again, we're looking at a six foot nine guy versus six foot seven guy, but I think that Kevin Herter outweighs uh, Brandon Ingram by, by like 15, 20 pounds. <laughs> Ingram's just such a tough guard, man. He is. But I throw Duarte on him too. Yeah, I just give him give him some different looks because I don't think I think he and Zion are the kind of players that if you keep throwing the same thing at him over and over again, they're gonna figure it out. Well, and that's why score a bunch of points. I think that's why there was a lot of frustration watching the game the other night against uh, New mm-hmm. Orleans that they never made the the adjustment. Mm-hmm. Then no one ever stepped in and took the charge. Yeah, and and I know Mike Brown. I know he he's yelling and screaming to somebody step up. Yeah, somebody step up and cut off the left side, and they never did it. Yeah, and so I, I would like to see what how they're going to handle this. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating seeing the second matchup in three days. This is one of the things I do like about these little two game sets. It's just the game within within that within that. I don't want to say the game within the game, but the the strategy across the two games. Yeah, it's pretty. It's just pretty rare that like you get to get MV uh, not MV uh, playoff style adjustments within the season because it's like you'll see a team and then you won't see them again for six or eight weeks. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like, okay, play them one night. You get one day to kind of figure it out and try again the next night. So it'll be interesting to see how Mike Brown and and his coaching staff (laughs) go about defending Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson after they both went off on on Monday night. Okay. You're ready for this? I am. I'm really excited about it. We get some breaking news here. Oh, Hall and Oates are are in a confidential legal battle that has led Daryl Hall to get a restraining order against John Oates. There's a restraining order, Hall and Oates restraining order. What is happening? Oh my God. That's awesome. We got Hall and Oates beef? We got a Hall and Oates beef. <laughs> 60 year old dads everywhere are ruined, just crushed. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. a good segue into what's coming next. It is. Speaking of beef, that's not speaking of beef. <laughs> Stupid. Speaking of um, two turkeys. I wanted to do something <laughs> Thanksgiving related. And I have decided to compare the Kings players or some Kings players to some Thanksgiving side dishes. I think I got most of the like classic side dishes covered. Okay. I don't have the entire roster on here. So I had to pick and choose in some. And if there is a side dish that your family has, 
yearly that I don't have in here. I apologize. And also, this is not a, here's how I feel about these dishes. So I don't care that you don't like green bean casserole. It's about the explanation. Kyle and, and I love green bean casserole. We're big, we're big GBC guys. Maybe you're not. Whether you like green bean casserole or not is is irrelevant to the conversation, though. And whether I like these dishes or not is relevant. I'm going just the explanation is is the bit. Okay. Okay. Here we go. De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is turkey. And again, if you think turkey's dry and it sucks, fine. De'Aaron Fox is turkey because it's a staple. It is... It is, to most people, what they associate with Thanksgiving. It is the on the table every year, and that's De'Aaron Fox to me. He is head of the table. Okay. He's right there. He's the centerpiece. The se- Thank you. Centerpiece is what I was looking for, He's not the, head of the table. The thing right in the middle. Yes. Yep. Yes. He, right in the middle. Whole, whole holiday revolves around that. Yes. Okay. And again, if you do prime rib or ham, I don't care. Okay. Everything else is an accoutrement. Right. Okay. Demonis Sabonis, stuffing. Oh. Because a necessity, it elevates the turkey. I don't it, Whether you stuff it or you call it dressing, I don't know. I don't care. Dressing to me goes on salad, but I, I'm not going to, again, I'm not here to argue. Uh, but also, like, paired with the turkey, really, really good. By itself, good, but, like, mm, eh. I need, I need it, it needs something. So the turkey and the stuffing... They pair together. Domas and Fox pair together. Bang, bang. Okay, I'm with you. Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter's the gravy, and here's why. I feel like it really ties everything together. Like, he can make or break a game. Kevin Herter can. If he goes two for 11 from three, it's like, oof. But hey, on those nights where he's going seven of nine, really, really hard, really hard to stop. And sometimes gravy sucks. There's bad gravy. There is bad gravy. But also you get an elite gravy and you dump that over your food. Over everything. Like, it, tie, it ties it all together. I feel like Kevin Herter is the piece that ties really everything together with the with the Kings offense. Dribble handoffs, the corner threes, when he's getting rebounds, he's dishing assists, he's getting into the mid-range, he gets a little floater game going. Okay. But there are nights where he's just not going to be very good. And on those nights, it's tough for the whole dinner. Okay. I'm with you. You rock with it? Okay. Keegan Murray's mashed potatoes. Okay, that's where I was. That's what I was thinking you were going to do. Okay, chance to be elite. Mashed potatoes are are my favorite thing, and mm-hmm. my mashed potatoes are elite. Excellent. So chance to be elite, right? Some nights, like or sometimes, it's like mm, not my favorite. Ma- Never terrible, but like, eh, not my favorite mashed potatoes. And you think that the mashed potato can exist by itself, and you think the mashed potatoes could maybe someday be like the one or the two in a dinner, but it's like you know what really better with the turkey and the stuffing it's really better within the confines of this and they're great by themselves but within the plate the mashed potatoes have a really really high ceiling okay so for me i always it's always a second helping of mashed potatoes but i need a good gravy with that mashed potato i'm a big Mm -hmm. mashed potatoes and gravy guy not just mashed mashed potatoes by themselves of course uh, Harrison Barnes is a dinner roll because it has to be there. Because <laughs> your delivery, it, it has to be there. And on su- depending on the dinner roll that gets brought, you're like, damn, this is a good dinner roll. Then there's sometimes you have it and you're like, could have done without it. Like this is on the plate, but you know what? It's mm. okay. So uh, I, this I is, want this dinner roll to do more for me. <laughs> this is where this is where we differ. Okay, um, Javale McGee would have been the dinner roll. Oh, I've got Javale coming up. I, I get you. I get okay. you. But this is I, I'll tell you why because I have two Thanksgivings every year, which we'll get into later. But I can't waste. I I can't. The dinner roll looks good. It smells good. It's sitting there. You need a dinner roll because there are dinner roll people at the table. Mm-hmm. I don't eat a dinner roll because that's like that's like filling up on soup before you get your meal at a restaurant. That's the thing is you don't want too many dinner roll. You don't want too much dinner roll. Yeah, yeah. So and a lot of times I will pass on said dinner roll because I know I've got. I'm going to save that for mashed potatoes. Right, right. See, you pass on dinner roll because you know what? Maybe there's something better. Okay. 
just like we sit here and go, you know what? Could the Kings upgrade at the at the four <laughs> spot? Yes, I'm just saying. Okay. Um, Malik Monk is mac and cheese because there are nights where that is elite and the star of the dish. Then there are other nights where you're like, who made this? You're uninvited. This and is then, and separated then, and, and greasy. Then, and then and then mac and cheese wonders. You know what? Could I be the star of a different dish? Could I be a star of a dish at a different meal? And you're going, you know what, mac and cheese? Maybe. But you're you're at home right here. You're at home right here, starring in that second plate. Okay, gravies, mashed potatoes, turkey, stuffing, or done. Here's the mac and cheese now. And the mac and cheese is now the star. And I, I get it because mac and cheese, you could go like, hey, I you could add you could add a little bacon to this mac and cheese. It'd be a little different, a little prosciutto. How about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. You say you, you know you can do like a shrimp with mac and cheese. You can you can add that in here. You know you can do like a, a chicken or a steak mac and sure. cheese. You can just like throw do it a in there. Bit of everything. A brisket mac and cheese. Like love a brisket mac. Right. So mm-hmm. he's saying like, look, I, I go with everything. Mm-hmm. So and I can be a lot more. I, I'm with you. Okay. But you're like, but you're also you're that's, right here. That's a good one. And then there's the nights where he goes one for nine from three. That's when somebody's like, you know, you can put peas in mac and cheese. Like, knock it off. <laughs> Stop trying to put vegetables in my mac and cheese. <laughs> Davion Mitchell's cranberry sauce, because at my house, cranberry sauce is not on the table. Davion Mitchell no longer in the rotation. I'm sorry. That's how it goes. Cold world at Kyle's It'd house. It'd be like that. I just don't, I, cold like world, said, Kyle. A cranberry bliss bar from a coffee shop? Great. The cranberries, uh, was that, is that a like a sauce? cranberry lemon bar. Yeah, the cranberry lemon bars that, that Mrs. Ham made, delightful on oh. there. Cranberry sauce, get it out of my face. It's just not in the rotation for me. That's why it's Davion Mitchell. So I, I've never been someone here. This might actually fit in here. I've never been someone who would put cranberry sauce on my plate while I'm eating Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. But after I'm done, I would prefer that to one of the delicious pies because I don't like crust. Oh. So, so it's one of those Do things. Do you just that, eat cranberry sauce just by itself? Yeah, I'll just sit there and eat cranberry sauce by itself, whether it's the- Out of the can? Whether, either one. You just can't? I, I can, I can, I can sit there and I can just like sit there with a fork and just like, all right, thin slice, thick sliced out of a can. Uh, or like if someone makes a really good, uh, like homemade cranberries everywhere, like maybe a little orange peel in there, a little zest in there, you know, like a good one. Oh, I can do it. All right, man. For me, it's out of the rotation. All right. I was looking and just making sure I didn't forget any Thanksgiving sides. So I clicked on an article on some website and one of the third things like right there at the top was cauliflower steak. What? That's JaVale McGee because like, bro, what's happening here? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, what, what do you, and then you take, and you're like, Hey, you know what? I kind of see it. Like, okay, maybe I can rock with it. And then, and then no. Why is this? What is happening? Why is that? I here? don't love this. That doesn't fit. Here. I don't love this. Okay. Like, Okay, maybe for a very special reason, somebody will want a cauliflower steak so you can have one for those three minutes a night. Or those people but, that don't participate in eating meat. Yeah, and so that, okay, that's a very special, like, again, that that's three minutes when your centers are in foul trouble against Nikola Jokic. But for the most part, I don't, I'm this not going to waste my here. calories. This doesn't I'm work. I'm not going to waste my calories. Okay. Uh, Chris Duarte for me. Uh-oh. Okay. And this is for me personally, and I think this is going to be controversial. But again, this is my list. If this is different than your list, that's fine. Chris Duarte for me is yams or sweet potatoes. Because there are times I eat the sweet potatoes and I'm like, damn, I see the vision. I want more of this. And there are times you see that with Chris Duarte. And then there are other times where I'm like, I don't need this anymore. This is committing eight fouls per 36. This does not belong here. I don't want it anymore. This is out of place. This doesn't fit. Okay. You see where it fits in the context of the dinner, but it's like, you know what? Not for me. I don't like Maybe it a different dinner. at all. Uh, so like there are, like I might use that for someone else, but mm-hmm. like I'm not a yeah, sweet and there, potato or yam. And there are people who are like yams are elite. That's the deer. Or the Fox marshmallow edition, thing fine. and yeah. all that stuff. No, I yeah. don't touch any of it. Okay. Um, Colby Jones. I know where you're going is with the this. Pre, is the pre-dinner charcuterie board. Okay. Oh. Because it's like, you know what? Not ready to be at the dinner table just yet. Not not the dinner table. But dude, love having it around. 
Okay. Love having the pre-dinner charcuterie board because that goes out about 11 o'clock. You pick at that. For me, dinner this year will be at like 3 o'clock because I have a 49er game to cover. But the pre-dinner is one of my favorite parts of the day. Even though it's not part of the dinner, it's still one of my favorite things to see out there. It looks great. It's versatile, salty, sweet. You see where all the components could come together. I also think that there are some people out there who who eat too much of that, and then they they can't really do the dinner. Mm-hmm. They can't really yeah. optimize the dinner, yep. and, and they're always thinking about how good the charcu- uh, charcuterie right. plate is, and and not really understanding that it's not part of the dinner yet. At least not just yet. Not yeah. just yet. <laughs> okay, I'm one. with you. Uh, my last one, Jordan Ford. I just picked Jordan Ford. Is pumpkin pie. Because when that's when that comes out, that's when you know the dinner's over. <laughs> it's cleanup time. It's mop-up duty. It's like Jalen Slauson. Yeah, Jalen Slauson goes here. It's cherry pie. Cherry pie. Uh, yeah. Kessler Edwards in some instances. Apple pie. Apple pie. Uh, Just like, oh, these guys, are, these guys are on the court? All right. Hey, wrap it up. Wrap it. This one's done. It's done. We're all done here. Someone's over there sleeping on the couch already. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're already done. I love it, Kyle. So. All right. Did we that's miss it. anyone? I think we I missed think people. So. Yeah. So Maybe that's we it. did. That's that's uh, the Sacramento Kings is Thanksgiving side dishes. Thank you, audience. All right. You didn't give anyone the green bean casserole. Oh, I missed the GBC. So I was. Mm. See, that's got to be your favorite. Well, Kyle. okay, but I had GBC in here for two separate ones, and then I liked different explanations for them better. That's super funny that I didn't even get to green bean casserole. What a dunce! All right. What a dunce. <laughs> Alex Len is green bean casserole because you get green bean casserole once a year. And every once in a while, you're like, man, this is good. Why doesn't this play more? Yeah, every time <laughs> I have this, it's good. Why don't I get more? Of th- Why doesn't this play more? <laughs> it's not elite. It's not perfect. But you know what? It's really good in this instance. And then you go, I should have, I'm going to have this a different time of year. And then the game goes on and... uh. Well, I enjoyed this, Kyle. I, I don't know if anyone else out there did, but I I enjoyed this. Good. I'm glad. We have to break right now. We've got 49ers Seahawks, Thanksgiving football, and uh, Mad Props coming up next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube, ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.